1: I teach people how to podcast as well. I have a course that I teach people how to do that. And one of the things that I tell them too is it's good to have a working knowledge of what's going on. And the great thing about podcasting and learning this technology is it then spills into other aspects of business Mm -hmm. because audio editing and video editing aren't that much different besides you have a video track rather than just an an audio track. Mm -hmm. And you even look at the history of radio from the early 1900s, it hasn't gone away. And I mean, podcasting is like the modern version of radio.
2: Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com cultivatingthelovely the lovely and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Hey ladies. So this week I have a really fun guest on the show and I actually happen to be on her podcast this week as well. And that is Carrie Robina from She Walks in Truth. It was so much fun to get to interview another podcaster and get to hear her backstory on podcasting. She's actually been at it for a really long time and has gotten to see a lot of the changes over time with the podcasting industry and the radio industry at large, which you'll get to hear about more in this episode. I can't wait for you to get to jump in and hear it. But first, a few business items to take care of. Okay, you guys, I, as you know, am sponsored on this show, and it really helps for me to keep my bills going and for me to keep this show going. So in an effort to get more sponsors and sponsors that fit the things that you like, one of the companies that I work with has actually created a survey to have you guys have your input on what you would like to see on the show and what kind of an audience you are. So if you would do me a little favor and head over to survey.libsyn, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com, slash bold turquoise so survey.libsyn.com slash bold turquoise we will also have this link in the show notes and just answer a few questions that they have there it would be really helpful for me to be able to get more sponsors for the show that you guys would really like to hear from so that would be a really helpful thing that you could do i appreciate it so much again go to survey.libsyn.l l-i-b-s-y-n dot com slash bold turquoise okay One other little matter is that we are about to reopen signups for cultivating groups for the spring quarter. So since the beginning of January, we have been running groups within the Cultivating the Lovely Patreon community that are small group experiences where you get to do Bible study together, a workbook where we were focusing on a specific thing that quarter. We were talking all about working through our strengths and weaknesses in the first quarter of the year. And then we also have a Bible study and some other things, and it's all conducted did through Marco Polo. So you get real FaceTime with the other women in your group. And I have been so pleased to hear the responses of people involved in these groups the last few months. They say that they have become so close with their fellow group members. It has been great for accountability and ideas. They've really forged friendships in these groups. Many of them are actually requesting to stay together for the next quarter. So if that's something that you would like to be a part of, you want to get together with other women reading the same books, doing the same Bible study, and really look to expand your life and grow, then I would really encourage you to join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. If you are a $10 and up member, then you have the ability to get into one of these cultivating groups. We are going to be opening up the registration time for just the next couple of weeks. It's going to close the first week of April when we will be launching the next session of groups. So if you want to get in there, come join us in Patreon and be watching for the post all about the way to sign up. Again, that's patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. All right, that's enough business for now. Let's jump into this episode with Carrie Rabina. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much. I'm
1: excited to be here, Mackenzie.
2: I know. I'm so glad we finally made this happen because I think it's been in the works for like five months or something ridiculous like that, where we kept trying to say, oh yeah, let's do it, and then try to get it scheduled and having to reschedule things. And it's been a little bit insane, but we finally made it happen. We're both here.
1: Yes, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun episode because um, for all of you listeners, you guys heard a few weeks ago, I did an episode about voiceover work with another Carrie, Carrie Olson. And we talked about kind of the behind the scenes of being a voiceover actor and what it really takes to do that and all of that sort of thing. Well, Carrie here is a fellow podcaster. And so we are going to do a little bit of behind the scenes of the podcasting world for you guys today. But for anyone who isn't familiar with you, Carrie, would you introduce yourself?
1: Absolutely. I would love to do that. And I am, as Mackenzie has said, I'm Carrie Robina. I am a podcaster and I also am an entrepreneur. I love, love, love helping women and men really. Um, know their value of who they are in Christ and to really figure out what their purpose is and then walk confidently in that. But I live currently in the bold North, otherwise known as the Minneapolis area. Yeah. And I have a husband and I have three children and a rescue dog. I work from my home studio and um, I, yeah, that's, that's just a little bit about me.
2: And what is the name of your podcast? My podcast is called She Walks in Truth. So you guys can all go check that out over there. We'll have it in the show notes, of course. But it's a gem, so make sure to go check it out. All right. So yeah. you've got this podcast. I think you're at about the same number of episodes that I am at. So you're you're in just the low hundreds, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we both hit that, that big 100 mark recently, <laughs> which that is was fun. so
1: fun and it's so exciting, especially, as you know, as a podcaster, to crank out over 100 episodes is no small feat to do. No. And so it's like there's a lot of hard work that goes into this behind the scenes and a lot of heart as well. So it's yeah. a big accomplishment, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah. And there's so many more, I think, moving parts. Than people really realize. But I would love to hear just, why don't you tell us a little bit of your podcasting backstory? Like what got you into it? How did you get started? What really drew you to podcasting? I want to hear the story. Okay.
1: Well, it actually started a long time ago. I've always loved to be a communicator, whether that was Growing up on stage, I studied acting in New York City for a oh, while wow. when I was 18 and eventually ended up with a degree in broadcast journalism from the University of Kansas. And this was um, over 20 years ago. And technology was totally different. It's not yeah. the way that it is now. And I spent some time in radio and television in the Kansas City market And I also taught broadcast journalism in South Texas at a magnet school. So I helped run a student-run radio and television station and absolutely love that. We've moved around a lot with my husband's job. And so I'm thankful for that because it's forced me to find different ways to use the skills and the abilities that God has given me. So we can fast forward to my podcast show right now, She Walks in Truth. It's been going on for um, two years now. Before that, I had launched another podcast. So four and a half years ago, it was a business podcast and it wasn't quite right. So I think I maybe got 40 episodes into that one. And I am not afraid of just pulling the reins on something, like, especially if God's, if if something's not right, I'll Mm -hmm. just stop. And so that's what it was. I was like, there's just something not quite right about this. So I sat on it for a while and I prayed about it and I literally asked God to help me, um, you know, like figure out what to do, what he wanted me to do. I got the name of the show and the whole vision of it just in one little download. And I haven't looked back since. So I enjoy it. I love it. I've always loved radio broadcasting and communicating. And so that's
2: why I'm at where I am. Yeah, I think you're probably a a rare commodity within the podcasting industry, if you will, to actually have a broadcasting degree. Like you don't come across that much with podcasters.
1: No. And that's so funny. That's what I tell people, Mackenzie, is you don't need to have the degree to be able to do this. The technology is simple. There is a commitment yeah. to podcasting, but you don't have to be a voiceover actor. You don't have to be a broadcast journalist to do it. I mean, I don't even know many broadcast journalists who actually podcast, but that's my story.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. How fun that it could kind of come full circle for you and you could be just an example to all of us. (laughs) That's funny. I I love that because I I wasn't expecting that. You don't hear that from very many podcasters. More of us. No, not at all. We're more rogue than that. (laughs) We are. And
1: that's the fun part of it too. And and it's fun for me because there are a lot of things like in radio and television, you don't get to pick the content. Like when I worked in news, it was me to report the news of the day. And so this is different in the sense that I could pick my own topic. Like what do I want to talk about? And that's not usually typical in broadcasting.
2: Yeah. So I would love to hear... From you, and I will talk about my show too, but what for you goes into developing an episode? Ladies, you know how I love a great skincare brand, and I love a good clean brand, and BioClarity just happens to be both of those things. It's a green and clean skincare brand with products that just work. Basically, what healthy eating does for your body, BioClarity does for your face. Their skincare line offers easy-to-use regimens with good-for-you ingredients that will give you great skin. It especially is important to me as I'm starting to use skincare products with my teenage son. He's having those breakouts we really need to get a handle on them. And of course, I'm turning to BioClarity because I know that they're a brand that I can trust. I feel comfortable with him using it, and it's going to help him get his skin back in order. So we have been using the Clear Skin Routine with him. It's for combination oily or breakout prone skin. It comes with everything you need to get clear, glowing skin. It's a three-step regimen that gets rid of breakouts, clears and calms skin, and is packed full of detoxifying nutrients. It's also antioxidant and includes a super special ingredient only in BioClarity, Floralex from plants. It's absolutely more than just a cleanser. It will give you clear and radiant skin without over drying. It also helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evens out skin tone and texture. There are three steps cleanse, treat, and restore. So it's not too much for my son to be taking on. It's super easy for him to do, and it really is helping get his skin back under control. In fact, if he skimps out on it, he actually comes and asks, hey mom, where's my treatment cream that I can put on my nose? Because he's getting self-conscious, he wants to look good. So it's a really great way to be able to introduce skincare to a teenage set and feel good about the ingredients that they're using. You can get healthier, more radiant skin for yourself or your kids by going to bioclarity.com. And right now, for my listeners, you will save 40% on skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website. That's an incredible deal. But you need to enter my code LOVELY at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com and get 40% off skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website when you use my code LOVELY at checkout. Again, that's bioclarity.com, code LOVELY.
1: There's a lot. Actually, there are so many different moving pieces Mm -hmm. and different components of it, and basically... I really like to listen to my community and figure out what episodes um, they have resonated with them. And so part of it is engaging with my audience and my tribe and figuring out, okay, how can I help them? What are their struggles? What are they doing? And so once I do that, I am looking for, like, if I come across someone on Instagram, a message that someone is, has typed out, then I kind of research people and guess and like, okay, is this, Someone that I want to introduce my audience to because you know I love my community as well as I know that you do as well Mm -hmm. Mackenzie Mm -hmm. is we want to make sure that we are if we're interviewing people and the content that we create It's gonna be meaningful and that we're not gonna lead other people astray So Mm -hmm. for me personally Mm -hmm. the content of the episode is the most important piece to me because I want to make sure that if if I'm gonna put something out there and introduce somebody to my audience, that it's it's gonna be sound, yeah, and yeah. so that's the biggest piece for me. And the fun part is reaching out to people and getting connected with people like you, Mackenzie. So it's just um, constantly figuring out who I want to to have on the show what content and then there is the scheduling aspect of it I have now I have an awesome um, content manager who does a lot of that work for me but for many months it was me reaching out to people and you know telling them how we're going to connect and their show art involved too and and posts for social media to promote it there's actually the recording of it as well and there's the editing which I know you have a producer I do as well there are just lots of little pieces that go into it but I I enjoy it and I love it
2: yeah I think that like for me it's been so helpful to be able to farm out the pieces that were really dragging me down that made it feel like oh I just I don't know if I can keep going and for me one of those big pieces was the editing because while I love prepping for a show and actually doing the show and both of those take a considerable amount of time for me editing was just so draining and it would take a lot for me to sit down and actually commit to doing it and so I'd end up doing it last minute and and it was just it was so difficult that I don't know that if I hadn't farmed it out to my amazing editors actually I have an editor and show note team Paul and Kiel their husband and wife they're awesome. Yeah, if I hadn't been able to give that job to them, I don't know if I would have been able to keep going with the podcast.
1: I agree. It It can seem like a lot and it's not impossible. And I no. tell people too, like with the show notes and stuff, like I built my show and just put pieces together. So I didn't do show notes when I first got going. I, like I knew how, how much time I had to get the show going. And to me, it was just, okay, I got to get used to recording and promoting it and so once I had a handle on that and doing the editing then I started doing the show notes and so as I added and built on the show of course there's more work Mackenzie as you know and I agree that I'm thankful through doing some sponsorships or sponsoring some of my own content it's now enabled me to hire someone else to help me with those other pieces and components and yeah, I think like you and I can only podcast. We're the only ones who can be the voice of our show. Yeah, exactly. And so even with my business and all the other things that I do, okay, I always think, what are my responsibilities? What are the only things that I can do? And yeah. then I try to hire out the rest.
2: And I think when you're getting started too, it it can be good for you to get your feet wet in all the things. I mean, I edited my own show for I think the first two years. Pretty I think first two solid years I was the one doing all of that I did have help with the show notes but other than that I did all the editing but I'm glad that I did that because it gave me a working knowledge of all the pieces of the podcast I wouldn't want to have just right from the beginning have farmed it all out
1: right and I think that that's a good you make a good point there and and I teach people how to podcast as well I have a course that I teach people how to do that and One of the things that I tell them too is it's good to have a working knowledge of what's going on. And the great thing about podcasting and learning this technology is it then spills into other aspects of business Mm -hmm. because audio editing and video editing aren't that much different besides you have a video track rather than just an an audio track. Mm -hmm. And you even look at the history of radio from the early 1900s, it hasn't gone away. And I mean, podcasting is like the modern version of radio. Yeah. And people have access to it, even more access to podcasting than radio, because radio, unless you're listening online, it's limited to the reach of the antenna and how far... They can go and podcasting, as you probably know, Mackenzie. You reach, I reach people in many other countries yeah. and other nations, and you just can't do that with radio. So it's not going anywhere. And then all these skills of learning how to create your podcast cover art and even writing short snippets and show notes, all of that is going to spill over into other avenues of life. So, yeah. or of business or whatever people are doing. So, yeah, I agree with you that it's so important to have a working knowledge of how, how it's going. Cause there have been times when maybe my editor had to go on vacation or I needed yeah. to add an intro or an outro. And I don't like to be at the mercy of other people. Like if yeah. you have a
2: basic knowledge, I could go in there and yeah. still get the episode up and running. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's so important and it's just for even the functioning of how it all is put together I think that podcasters coming in now because obviously the podcasting landscape has changed dramatically even in just the three and a half years that I've been doing it but there are so many apps and programs and like to get it set up for you to actually start a podcast it's so much easier now than it was when we got started because you used to have to do like all this back end work on your blog and like all these crazy things to get a podcast up and running and now it's like do doo do you're done you're on itunes it it is you're on iTunes and then even I don't know who your host is but
1: through my hosting service I've been able to get on iHeartRadio yeah and just with clicking a box and putting in a little bit of information in the back end without having to submit my show individually to all these people and then we look at the in-home devices like the Google device or um Echo, Amazon's Echo, Alexa. Yeah, yeah. And people just being able to say, Hey, Alexa, play the, you know, whatever podcast. I mean, it's just incredible where the technology is going and how simple it is. It's not that part of it is not that difficult. You just need to know like where to click in the boxes. And it's so much easier now than it was for sure.
2: Yeah, I'm going through because I have a newer podcast that just started last summer. And so that one I've been able to do all the easy stuff with. But the old one is still set up this old way so it's been a lot harder to get everything converted over it's still a process to make it so it can go to iHeartRadio and all those places so yeah newbie podcasters I think definitely have an advantage if they weren't set up with the old system where you've got to like change everything absolutely I agree yeah so how for you have you seen the podcasting landscape change personally Personally,
1: for me with podcasting, I've noticed that there is more um, competition just in general Mm -hmm. in the electronic world for like so many things wanting our attention. We have the introduction of Facebook Live and being able to broadcast just in the snap of a finger like when that first came out as a broadcaster I was like I cannot even fathom this from even when I got started to go live you would have to have a radio truck with it with a tower and it would have to send a signal back to the TV station and then we were running tapes back to the studio to get them to play and I was like oh my goodness This whole broadcast landscape is just changing so much. And as far as podcasting goes, there are more people getting into podcasting. I had someone who um, is a podcaster and just has been in this space for a long time um, and in the digital world and just saying, okay, podcasting is sort of like the new book and um it it gives you that sort of credibility but having said that you go into Barnes and Noble or wherever and there's so there's so much competition in yeah. in a bookstore even as there is in the podcasting realm and there are more people doing it which I think is great. I think anyone can podcast, but I've also seen people pod fade is what I call it. Mm -hmm. So they'll start a podcast and then they'll fade away. And I think that that kind of does a disservice to all of us because if people start podcasting and then they stop, then people people are going to get uninterested in it. But um, anyway, it is, you know, I've just seen that sort of thing change where there's more, more and more people coming um, to it. I find that Um, people want to I have to talk about it now on Insta stories Mm -hmm. and to stay up to the times with social media so before you could just post a graphic and a link on Facebook or on Instagram and be okay. But now I'm like, okay, I personally love Instagram stories. Yeah. And I know that my audience does as well. So I've found that I need to make sure that I'm figuring out all the time where my audience is and how I can meet them on the social platform where they want to hear from me. And it's just staying up with the times um, because I, I think if I hadn't done that, I don't know if you'd say the same thing or not, then
2: um I I don't know that it would reach as far as it as it does. Oh yeah, no I completely agree. I've seen personally a lot of other than like we have groups for cultivating the lovely and for the Patreon group we have specific groups on Facebook, but other than that, almost all of my social media interaction is on Instagram especially with stories because it's such a personal way to be able to connect with people and I think that really resonates with people but yeah I think there's definitely that changing with the times and I think that it's a a little bit harder where there are advantages to starting podcasting now see I think of it more as like the new blogging because it's like people don't look for blogs as much anymore I think because they just want to be able to multitask and listen to it while they're in their car or you know that sort of thing and so that's what I often compare it to and I think that people starting now have the advantages of all the new technology and everything but they also have the disadvantage of because the market is so flooded it takes a little bit longer even when you're putting out amazing content you know I have a mastermind group of ladies who are both ahead of and behind me and the ones who started even you know a year or two after the rest of us you know They're struggling because even though they're putting out this amazing content and having great people on their show, there's just so much competition that it can be really hard to get heard. It can be. I'm sure you tell
1: the people connected with you and your community is just keep doing it and like just don't quit. Just keep putting that content out there. It it is quite a bit of work and um, yeah, just keep on going is how I encourage my people even in the midst of that
2: ladies what do you do with all your photos you know we all have a ton they typically get lost on our phones we only start to see them when they pop back up on Facebook memories and that sort of thing but I really like to keep those favorites more front and center in my home and in our bedrooms I especially love those photos that really define what our new life looks like with me together with my kids It's so good for us to see each other looking happy and together, and I love being able to have those photos out so that they can see them. So for those favorite photos, you've got to check out Canvas People. Canvas People print your favorite photos on canvas for real, unique, beautiful prints. You guys probably remember that really big canvas I had done by them of me and all of my kids last winter. We were freezing cold, but it's a photo that I absolutely love and I can't wait to put in our new home. Canvas People's prints are like pieces of art. You get your favorite memories printed to cherish and beautiful prints that look great on any wall. Right now is a special limited time offer. Canvas People is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvases for free. That's right, free. These normally sell for $69.99, but for this week only, you'll pay nothing. Just cover shipping and handling. To get your free canvas, text LOVELY to 797979. Just pay shipping and handling. This offer won't last. Text LOVELY to 797979. That's LOVELY to 797979. Message and data rates may apply. I think that the hard thing is, like, don't go into it expecting for this to be your big moneymaker. Oh, right. Absolutely. You know, I think that friends of mine who've started like oh this is going to be the thing that i'm going to do instead of getting a part time job when you know my kids go off to college that is not panning out (laughs) quite the way they hoped it would like yes sponsorships can come into play and can be very beneficial and helpful but then when you factor in all the costs of having a podcast with your hosting and if you're getting an editor or someone to help you with you know making contacts with guests and all that kind of thing like you actually do have quite a few costs associated with podcasting in addition to your equipment and all that kind of thing like it's it's not a free Thing that you're doing, and if you're wanting to make money fast, podcasting is not the place that you want to start.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, and I like your comparison to blogging as well. And it's just it's a tool, it's an avenue to serve and to get exposure. And yeah. when you think of the people who listen to podcasters, typically. They're white-collar people. They are – I mean, these are just the stats even from Nielsen from last year. They Hmm. are – they typically have – they're educated and they're people who aren't necessarily on Facebook and social media because they are – Typically, more professional type of people um, who are wanting to fill their minds with whatever they're on the go. They aren't. They aren't on social media, so it's it's a way to reach a different kind of audience mm-hmm. and a different kind of demographic. But it is a different dynamic of with podcasting, you don't have a link and buy something. Yes, you can add that in your show notes and in your iTunes description. But if you think about it, when you're scrolling through Facebook and you see one of those ads pop up, you just, you know, tap your screen and you can go buy something. And so podcasting, there are things that I believe people can do to train their listeners to go to a place where they could purchase something. So you are having to ask people to do an extra step by saying go here to get more information, but it's just a matter of training people. It's
2: not a get rich type of thing. It's a yeah. way to serve people to add credibility. So I agree with you a hundred percent. And I, I do think that if you're going to stick with it, you have to really love it. You know, I have friends and there's there's all different kinds of podcasts too, but I have a lot of authors reach out to me. And for the most part, I really enjoy that. I'm glad I'm at a place in my podcasting where I have the ability to say no, like in the beginning, I always felt like, oh, if they send me their book, like I don't have the ability to read it and then say, you know, this really isn't a good fit. I've just like they've they've paid to send this book to me. I have to accept it. And now I'm much more in a place where I have more veto power, I feel like, and they are coming to me asking to be on my show, which is a really good place to be in because you don't feel like you're putting content on your show that you wouldn't want on your show. And it. I also get so inundated with so many publishers and publicists reaching out to me that it's it's not as like, oh, if I don't get just somebody on the show, then I'm not going to have anybody. <laughs> like it, there's, there's room to be able to say, you know what? That's just not a good fit. I want to have something that I really feel like could be beneficial to my listeners. And so I'm really thankful for being in that place where I have a little bit more room to have control over the whole thing, if you know what I mean. I,
1: I agree. And that's because it does take a lot of time and I've, I've had instances where it's, there have been people who have wanted to be on the show and it's just, constantly a reschedule or cancel and reschedule or not show up. And so then eventually I'm just like, you know what, it's just not going to be a good fit at this time. Yeah. Because then I'm having to spend my time to schedule and reschedule. There are times, obviously, like, uh, I know you and I have been trying to connect for a long time. That's a different, you know, type of scenario, but it is, you know, like to be able to say, you know what, this is, like to respect my time, if you keep canceling on me or keep not showing up, then um, yeah. I don't know
2: that makes sense of what I'm yeah. trying to say. But, no, it yeah. does. And and I think, I don't know if you have many authors on your show, do you? I do, but I have tried to limit it yeah. to... I, I've
1: had to because I get people constantly reaching out to
2: me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure you've probably noticed this too, but there tend to be trends. And so it's like, you'll get... <laughs> 10 emails about books that are for the mom who wants to survive motherhood you know it's like well, that was yeah. like the exact same pitch that I just got five times in a row no like we're tired yeah. of hearing about that we don't we don't want to do that anymore like nobody wants to read about that I'm sorry I'm sure it's a wonderful book but I can't talk about that one more time and nobody wants to listen to it either
1: Right. Yeah. I, I agree. It, it does. Like now I know the rhythm of when kind of publishers pitch and yeah. when books are coming out and I've kind of gotten used to the rhythm of it. And I have had to say no as well, just because I like as much as you do and I, I do. We value our listeners. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that it's
2: constantly stuff that's going to be helpful to them. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on to a little bit different topic, as if you didn't have your hands full enough, you are in grad school. Holy I moly. I am. <laughs> so what made you decide to go back to school? I have been thinking about it for a
1: long time, McKinsey, and... I um, really was awakened in my faith about four and a half years ago. I, for many years, was going through the motions, volunteering at church, reading all the devotions, all the books, everything. And I just got to this point where, I mean, I thought, okay, I just got comfortable in my faith. And we had a fiery evangelist come to our tiny little church one day and it literally woke me up and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and my heart. And I realized we were challenged to, to start sharing our faith outside the four walls of the church. And Mm. even though I'm outgoing and I, you know, I podcast, have this communications broadcast degree, all of that, I found myself really exhilarated by this and excited, but at the same time, Oh my goodness, can I do that? And so I got trained in evangelism and really it was doing more work on the inside first. Like the first four weeks was more working on our own heart and our own story. And then we would just have conversations at lunch. We were challenged like the first week to go just talk to a stranger and then the next week we were we went a little step further and asked, would you need prayer for something? And so it was just this constant training um, and just being around people who were doing this. And I really fell in love with the word again because we were challenged to spend a minimum of an hour up to two hours In the word or with God, listening to him, journaling, being quiet, being still, no distractions every single day. And so when we did that for eight weeks on end and we had to turn in our homework and all this stuff, I realized I craved that time with the Lord. And that all of these great things, like even podcasting, podcasts are great, but there's no substitution for just spending time with God. Mm -hmm. And so since then, I was like, okay, do I want a theology degree? Like I want to learn more about god and i knew that that wasn't quite right and a year ago i was at a conference and i heard about this evangelism and leadership degree from wheaton college with the propel women cohort is what i'm with and i knew in my spirit that that was it and my husband was in agreement that this was for me and so i have a cohort sisters there are about 23 of us in my cohort We'll be together for three years until we all get this degree and it's an amazing experience. I feel like I have a new family so wow. um, it's a lot of work but yeah I, I'm enjoying it.
2: So are you actually on campus or is it remote?
1: both so it's at Wheaton College through Wheaton College in um, Illinois okay. but we like two of our classes we go to campus for a week twice a year and then so like winter and summer, we go to campus, we're like doing a lot of work ahead of time, and then we do our classroom hours for a week with our professor, and then we have like our post course work that we turn in online. Then in our fall and our spring courses, those are only two credit hours, and we don't have to have classroom hours. And so, like, right now, um, I just started an apologetics course and I'm doing my reading and my assignments all online. So it's this great combination of being able to be with people mm-hmm. and learn. Um, and I live in Minnesota and I travel to Illinois. We have people, a gal from Faroe Islands and someone from Mexico that wow. who are
2: all in my cohort. So it's a blast. And so how long have you been doing that? I've been doing it for nine months. Okay. So you've been in it for a while now you're getting the groove. I,
1: I have. And I just finished our weed out class, sort of the one that's kind of where people are like, am I really going to do this or not? And it was oh, wow. really tough, but made it through. Good the job.
2: Yeah. That, that sounds difficult, but worth it. It is. That's awesome. So, you're getting this evangelism degree and I know I noticed a little bit of language on your website about like lifestyle evangelism. So, what does that mean to you? What does that look like? Ladies, I know that a lot of you like me are small business owners. And you know how important it is when you happen to run into somebody at the grocery store or you meet a mom at a play date to have something to show just how professional you are and that you're the real deal. For small business owners, being plugged in and prepared when an opportunity comes up is crucial. Those moments happen all the time. They're happening now. And having a business card that shows how professional you are in your pocket, ready to hand out, is the first step to making something happen. Your next big opportunity is coming right now. And all it takes to feel like you're ready to own the now is $10. That's a low price to have the confidence that you're always ready to make an impression or get seen in a new way. A custom card with the colors, fonts, designs, and images you choose means you can look and feel like a big deal, whether you're a startup or a business with a century of history. And it doesn't have to be hard. With Vistaprint, you can create a truly professional, unique card in minutes, upload your own design, or start with one of their professionally designed options. Vistaprint offers simple tools and a wide range of templates to choose from. Pick the paper stock style and quantity that's right for you, choose your delivery speed, order and receive your cards in as few as three days. Vistaprint uses only carefully selected inks and responsibly sourced paper stocks. Dozens of designs that are just right for your business. You can add your logo and contact information with just a few clicks and know that you can use it on all your other marketing going forward. Your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed, or they'll make it right, either by reprinting your order or offering a refund. VistaPrint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why my listeners will get 500 high-quality custom business cards starting at $9.99. Just go to vistaPrint.com/lovely. That's vistaPrint.com/lovely. VistaPrint.com/lovely.
1: To me, it
2: means being the
1: same being the hands and feet of Jesus outside the four walls of the church every single day. And how that looks in my life is I very much am about spirit led evangelism that I'll just pray a lot of times. Okay, God, if I'm going to target or to the grocery store, is there, if there's someone that you would have me talk to today or encourage, would you show me? And it's amazing. Sometimes the letters on someone's shirt might, um, really stand out to me, or I might see a picture of like in the spirit or in my mind of something pink. And then I'm in the store and I see someone wearing a pink hat and I'm like, okay, maybe you want me to talk to those people or, you know, Hmm. so in that sense, um, I don't do that every time I go to target. I believe that just even in praying and being available every day, you could say, Lord, is there anyone today that you would have me talk to? Mm -hmm. And you'll be surprised when you ask God that question, that there will be somebody that, you can talk to, and it's people that I used to walk by all the time, Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. So even if there's someone in, if I see him in a wheelchair, not every single person, but I might just strike up a conversation with them, and I might just ask them, "Hey, um, is there any way that I can pray for you? I noticed that you know you you kind of moaned and groaned, you know, a little bit or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It you know like that's one way of lifestyle, Christianity or evangelism. Um, my kids know that if we are at Target or a grocery store, and mom pulls over the shopping cart and starts talking to somebody, then we might end up praying. We might end up being there a while. Sometimes it doesn't even turn into a spiritual conversation either. Hmm. But it's just really being available to encourage and build others up and hopefully pray for them um, and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I'm curious in today's culture because I feel like just Christians kind of out of the hat have. A bad rap. and so yes. do you have you gotten
1: pushback? Surprisingly, not as much as you would think. um i have I've traveled around the u s with these with the firebase movement doing these love your city events where we'll go for ten days into a city and there's twenty four seven prayer and outreach um at what we call the firebase or the the home base, and then we send evangelism teams out on the street you know, so I've done that. And then I've done it in everyday lifestyle as well. And I really have not had a lot of Of pushback because I believe that if we are, if I'm sincere and genuine with somebody and gentle with them, and evangelism is more about listening than it is about talking, Hmm. and so I find if I'm a good uh, listener and I can ask some nice, some good questions, then people will talk and they and they you've already built like a little bit of a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll ask for more, sometimes they won't. Um, I rarely have gotten anyone who said, no, I don't want any part of that. I mean, I, I have a couple, but you would be surprised how many people are hurting out there mm-hmm. and who are lonely and they're shocked that someone would actually stop and talk and have a conversation with them.
2: I bet, and I think you hit on a very key point with that listening piece. Because I think especially in our culture with social media and we're very, we have short attention spans and we're very quick to move on to the next thing, to have someone feel like someone's actually listening to them probably would make people talk a whole lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've been in
1: going door to door in the projects of San Francisco and I've seen some things that like even my husband probably doesn't even know all the things that I've seen when I've gone on outreach. And there are just so many people who are hurting and who do just want someone, they want someone no matter how, what they look like on the outside, no matter what the shell is on the outside, people are hurting. And if you can listen and, and just genuinely love people, um, God can do the rest.
2: Yeah. And I think it's great too, that you're doing this stuff in our own country (laughs) because I think so many times as churches we focus on missions which are very important but I think we miss we lose sight of the problems at home that like uh hello we call ourselves a Christian nation but most people are not and so the fact that you guys are doing that in our own country I think is really powerful I agree. And
1: even in our own neighborhoods, anyone who's a follower of Christ, we all have this mission and this mandate. People think, oh, I'm not an evangelist. There is an office of an evangelist, but we are all called to the Great Commission. And that means in our neighborhoods. And I believe that the statistic is three out of every four homes in any neighborhood in america there's someone who struggles with depression and anxiety Mm. and i mean those numbers when we really look at them and think wow okay we're missionaries in our everyday neighborhood and as if you have parents to our children as well and just like loving our neighbor and loving God first and knowing that we don't have to go to the ends of the earth. We don't have to necessarily go on an outreach, even in the United States. There are people in your life every day right now who we walk by all the time who God wants to reveal himself to.
2: Yeah. I think that's really powerful. So with all of that and all these things that you're doing and evangelizing to people at Target, What does a typical day look like for you?
1: Each day is so totally different in what it holds, but I cannot start my day without my time with the Lord. And I know that we hear that all the time and we get tired of hearing it. I used to as well. But. I just know for me, it is my best day is to spend time with God, whether that's praying before my feet hit the ground or actually if he wakes me up in the middle of the night and I get up early and I I have an hour to spend or... Or if I, some days I don't have that time, but I try to connect with God first or we'll put on worship music and at least get my day flowing like that. And I, Mackenzie, I batch work my week Mm. because I do have so many things going on Yeah, and so like if you were to ask me that question on a Tuesday, I would do my time with the Lord and then I would be recording and working on my podcast. If you were to talk to me on a Friday, then I try to meet with somebody every Friday after I do my work in the morning to go for a coffee or I, I think of who can I encourage that I know in my life and because I need encouragement too, but yeah. I try to get together with someone. So I reserve a couple hours on Friday afternoon. So no day is exactly the same. And of course my family and my, my husband take precedence over it all. So I'm very spontaneous as, I mean, I, I batch work, but at the same time I go with the flow as well. And I just set, you know, different chunks of time is set aside to do work and just, you know, do the best I can with what
2: I got that day. That sounds really good. Okay, so how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life? That is a great question.
1: Um, Just by trying to um, keep my eyes on God. I mean, I know that that sounds so crazy, but just in like, if I'm in my, if I'm in a space, if I'm in my house, I think, okay, how like, thank God for the view out the window or, um, or my family. I, I don't know. I just really try to think on things that are lovely, you know, and the Lord, no matter the situation, because life is hard. Yeah. And, You know, nobody has it all together. And I think if we just keep our eye on the prize and me personally as well, then just sticking close to God is the best way that I can be can cultivate loveliness.
2: Oh, that's a good one. I think for me, it's been having grace with myself in seasons where I don't have very much control over things like Mm. getting sick and just being sick for weeks and weeks and weeks and that affecting my work and everything and having to stop myself and say, you know what, you can't keep pushing. Like there's literally only so much you can do and that is very hard for me, especially just uh, being a single mom and being the only breadwinner for the family and trying to make all of that happen and to to step back and say, you know what, I just, if I, if I keep going at this pace, then I'm going to burn out completely and there'll be nothing left. And so trying to like this last weekend, I didn't have my kids for the weekend. And so I just, I wanted to work. I had a lot of things that I needed to work on, but I kind of did the bare minimum because my body just said, uh, nope, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) So trying to have grace with myself in those moments, especially of sickness, I think has been a big one for me. That's so good. I love that. Okay. So are you ready for my stock questions? I am. All right. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Essential oil diffuser, hands down. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Ooh. At home, paper. Yeah, paper. Okay. City or country? City. Okay. Okay. Paper or digital? Paper. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? Online. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music. Okay. What kind of music would you listen to? Worship. All right. Any favorite worship artists? I do. I
1: love Hillsong and Bethel and Elevation. Okay. Chocolate.
2: Milk or dark? Dark. Sports or no sports?
1: No sports, girl. (laughs) Not a sports person.
2: (laughs) Me either. Okay, live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch?
1: Broadcast.
2: Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite movie?
1: Oh, I don't really have one. I don't want watch a lot of movies I seriously have a horrible memory I can't even tell you one right now. I can't even think of one movie off the top of my head right now
2: seriously like not even something from your childhood or... um mystic pizza is the, okay. like seriously
1: That's I have no idea where that came from but that's I always funny. liked that one
2: all right if you were to put yourself on the crunchy spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair where would you be on the spectrum I would be probably a six. Okay. That's a good, solid answer. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Carrie. It was lovely having you on and pretty soon I'm going to be on yours too. Yes. Thank you. I'm
1: so looking forward to it and thank you for what you're doing in this space. And um I just want to honor you for what you're doing and and just being the mom that you are to your children and the mentor you are to your community thank you so much for what you're doing and I just pray that God would bless it thank Mm -hmm.
2: you so much well I can't wait to connect with you again all right awesome thanks so much yep bye kind of fun to get to hear from a fellow podcaster, right? If you would like links to anything that we talked about in this episode, you can go to boldturquoise.com forward slash 108. And that is also where you can find links to Carrie's podcast. If you want to go over and listen to me on her show, Or you can also find links to the things we talked about at the beginning of the show. That Libsyn survey I talked about, which you can find at survey.libsyn.com slash boldturquoise. And also, if you want to become a part of a cultivating group in the spring quarter, you can go to patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, sign up at the $10 or up level, and we will make sure to get you involved with that. All right, ladies, that's it for this week's show. Thank you so much again for joining me. If you want to do me a little favor, you can head over to iTunes and leave a quick rating and review. They make a big difference for the show. And I think that's it. There's been a lot of business to take care of today. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, go be bold and gracious.